Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. It's really important to empower women. I appreciate that I'm onto it. Like, you know, with my family as well, I have five women. I was raised by like my grandma, my mom, my aunt. I have two sisters. Of course, we empower them, but we empower each other in the end of the day. My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, my name is Joseph Hogeen, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by Coca-Cola, AOL, and National Geographic. I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for over three years, and I love that Esprit has been showcasing the stories of women from around the world that have been building great businesses in technology. You can follow me online at Joseph Hogeen. That's Joseph, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. This personal spot goes out to the podcast player app. I um, just got back from the gym. I've been working beyond what I can even handle. I've just been like a machine doing the best I can. I'm sitting in my car. It's 9.24 in the morning. I just did uh, a fitness class at Orange Theory, which you guys, I don't know. Are you guys Orange Theory fans? Because so far I'm finding it pretty boring and a lot of tech glitches, but at least I got to the gym, right? And I have an interview at 10 a.m. with someone that I really look up to for the SEM Rush podcast. And so it's like a morning off to a good start. I feel like it's going to be good. But what made it amazing, all this hard work, all the times I'm so tired and all the times I like question, like if I could keep doing this, I see Adam, who is our amazing teammate, we've worked together for six years now, it's just such a privilege to work with him, sends me a screenshot or an image saying, I was looking at podcast apps last night randomly, and I saw this, and it's the podcast player app has Women in Tech podcast as their top show on the screenshot in the app store. I'm like, what? Like, above This American Life. And I'm like, this is amazing!
amazing. And it just validated that the work that we do is so meaningful and creates so much positive social impact. And to have support and cheer from companies and people around the world in a variety of ways from being on their screenshot image in the app store. You guys, the podcast player app has close to 5,000 reviews. Like it's no joke. It's just so cool. And they're all like, you know, a billion star reviews. Amazing. You guys check out the podcast player app to listen to your podcast, show them cheer, let them know on Twitter that you appreciate them appreciating us. This is just, it's so cool. These moments. I need to celebrate these moments more, like really stop and breathe and celebrate these moments. I remember with my second company, my action sports company, when we raised money, I didn't even stop for a second. I just was like, and now go next, 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 next. It's constantly next. And I think a lot of that is still with me because it's just so hard to build, right? We've had some challenges the last couple weeks that I think out of respect for others, I won't get into. And it's been so hard and we're making it through. And, and I'm so lucky to be surrounded by incredible people. I don't know, man, the screenshot thing. It's just, it's so cool. So whether you're listening to any of the shows I produce from SEM Rush to We Are LA Tech to Hello Customer to Women in Tech um, and the list goes on, thank you so much for believing in me, for believing in us, for believing in our work and, and empowering me to empower others. Like all everything I do, the core theme, the core commonality is that I just believe in doing social good that truly sets a positive example in the world to people to show all of us, including myself, what's possible and to be a source of not only inspiration, but actionable empowerment. And uh, yeah, enjoy the next episode. Bye. celebrating women in tech around the world. Right now, I'm with Baltic Sandbox in Vilnius, Lithuania, and so excited to be here. And this is an experimental episode. There is a woman in tech that couldn't be with us today, but her co-founder, an amazing guy who's already been supportive of me, I asked him to video me pitching yesterday, and he was just incredible helping me out all day long. He is here to represent her and to share with us a little bit about what it is like to empower the women in tech around him. I thought it'd be a really interesting angle. It's something that we haven't done before. And I'd love to welcome up to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? So happy. Me too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. How do you feel being one of the rare guys on this women in tech podcast? Like to be experimented on, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So um, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what your company does. All right. So my name is Alp. I'm the co-founder of the Snack House. And what do we do is we basically prevent waste generation and we turn them into health snacks that last over 30 years with no nutrition value loss and with no additives. And tell us a little bit about your co-founder. Her name is Hazel. She's a genetics engineer and a molecular biologist with over like three years of experience. She's been working on freeze-dry technology for the last five years. And basically she spends all of her life in like laboratories these days and like uh, trying to find new products and find new ways to you know 
expand the product line for freeze dry products. And even right now, she couldn't be with us because she's in the lab. Yeah, she's working in the lab, and she was kind of, you know, mad at me saying, "Yeah, like I need to do what I do. Like, come on, you do the interview." So <laughs> I, lo- I <laughs> love the dedication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you guys meet one another? Um, so I had this idea of preventing waste a couple of years back, and then I started researching people who were trying to do something about it. And I saw she was trying to build a missionary, like special cost effective missionary for freeze dry production. And we met in a conference in Istanbul. So we like clicked right up and like we started this company. And when you say preventing waste, you mean waste of food. Is that correct? Yeah. Like we basically buy overproduced um, raw material from local farmers. We work with like 22 local farms and two food banks. And we basically get them in a cheap price and before they put them into trash and we turn them into healthy snacks. And when you use the word material, you mean produce, is that correct? Like food, yeah, yeah. Yeah, food. Raw food. And is this your first company? No, it's fourth. Fourth company. And this is her? I think it's first. First company. And are you the only two founders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about both of your skill sets are complementary to one another? Okay, yeah, that I can take to actually the gender difference, probably like the, the feeling that I have is we as men, we kind of think about like you guys are more planned, I could say, you know, like you, you put structure into the thing. You try to save the day in the end of the day and we play with the words, play with the things we find, you know, like we kind of be creative about that. But what I felt with her is she's dedicated, like uh, she works a lot, which I appreciate a lot, you know, like and she kind of covers my back a lot. So we complement each other on that point, I think. Now, all my co-founders have all been guys. It hasn't been intentional. It just happened. And I have loved the dynamics that we bring to one another's lives. What have you found is really empowering? You say that you've surrounded yourself by strong women in the workforce. What? You're laughing. Share. Because um, I think when it comes to business, if you have trust, regardless of the gender, you surround yourself because you trust. For me, like personally, what I think, and I'm from basically I've traveled all around the world. And what I'm seeing these days is it's really important to empower women. I appreciate that I'm onto it. Like, you know, with my family as well, I have five women I was raised by, like my grandma, my mom, my aunt. I have two sisters, so like, but in the end of the day, I really like the vibe. But I think like at some level, we kind of need the need to see that we are equal in the end, you know, like uh, empowering women, of course, we empower them, but we empower each other in the end of the day. And where are you from originally? I'm uh, from Turkey and Greece. And where? Greek, half Turkish. And where is Hazel from originally? She's from Aydın region, Turkey. In Turkey as well. Yeah. And did you find that the cultural similarity helped as well? We are so different because like I lived in Turkey only for eight, nine years of my life. So I can't be, you know, call myself Turkish really at that level. This show isn't about being political or controversial, but what have you noticed from maybe a cultural aspect or something that could help us strengthen ourselves? I'll give you an example of um, something that someone told me. It seems that there was a study psychologically If two people, a man and a woman, are both offered a pilot job and neither one knows how to fly a plane, the man will say he'll take it and go figure it out. And the woman will say, let me go figure it out and then I'll take it. And that's a core fundamental difference according to the study of how we approach opportunity. In becoming aware that that's kind of like our 
let's say, you know, I don't know, not genetic makeup, but just how our brains are wired. It gave me this level of awareness to make sure that I jump and just say yes and have confidence in myself to figure it out. What have you noticed are empowering cultural suggestions that you could say that you've noticed to, I don't know, strengthen us as a community or make us more aware? I know that's a tough one. That's yeah, a tough one. And this isn't even like um, one thing that I'm really proud of in this show. The show is for everyone, for men, for women, for aliens, everybody. So this is the first time I'm having a conversation like this. But I don't know. I just think your approach to people in general is really wonderful. And so I'm excited to, to celebrate you on the show. Thank you. Um, no, I'm thinking about, to be honest, because, um, for example, the woman figure I have in my life is my aunt, kind of. And like one of the most powerful movement I've seen in my entire life. But it's when um, a person is strong in a personality as a character, you know, like uh, they act the same to me. Who, who does? Like all of them, like every people, like, for example, the study that you mentioned, I think we need to see the parameters on that point. Like the thing is that every person that I know, regardless of my aunt, my mom or like uh, powerful people that I know from business, they all have the same qualities in life. They just take risks. Right. And they de devote themselves to the risk that they're taking. So that's what I realized, basically. Like, the gender, of course, plays a role about how many percentage of the maybe people takes the risk. But in the end, once they do, they are similar to it because they believe in the same thing. They live through the same risks of everyday life. You know, like, you can go bankrupt in a day or your idea can literally change the world. To see that, I think, what empowers us rather than, you know. And Does some makes sense. Yeah, it totally right, makes sense. Right. And something else I heard, and remember, this is the first time I'm having a conversation of this nature, and I want to make sure it doesn't become controversial or politically charged. Something I heard once is there was a male founder, not my situation, someone else's, a male founder and his co-founder, female, and they were in a business meeting of all men, and all the men didn't pay any attention to the female co-founder. And unfortunately, her co-founder did not empower her. Now, I've heard other stories where it was the exact opposite, and the co-founder said, oh, I'm sorry, she's the one that can answer your questions, not me, stop addressing me. We have so many male listeners, like so many. It's really cool. What suggestions can you give to the guys listening on how to empower women when there's a situation like that in, in a meeting, in a boardroom? And have you ever noticed things like that before, yeah, either yeah, with your sure. peers or yourself? In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast, and keep on coding. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. What suggestions can you give to the guys listening on how to empower women when there's a situation like that in, in a meeting, in a boardroom? And have you ever noticed things like that before, yeah, either yeah, with sure. your peers or yourself? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, like just last week, I was in Bahrain. And the, the thing that I, it really surprised me, to be honest, the people that I spoke to, most powerful people there to invest on your company, right? Most of them were women. 
And I asked them, and they're from Bahrain originally, and I asked, I would ask them, like, how do you feel, you know, like this inequality that goes around? And they would say, yeah, on paper, you know, there's an inequality, but like once you know how to use it for your sake, it's like uh, you can't take advantage of it. And all of them had like male partners, up, up, absolutely. But like uh, from my partner too, like maybe she might get mad at me because I say this, but she's using it as well, you know, like just as I do. When we go to a meeting, you, you, you see the opportunity there and like if... Uh, like, I will just empower her just because of her skills, not for her gender, right? Like, her education, I know. Like, what she knows, I know. What she's capable of, I know. So if it's something that I can't provide to the investors or the people that we're dealing with, of course, I'll just, like, hush myself and say, this is the lady you got to talk about, right? And she would do the same thing to me regardless of the gender or regardless of the conversation on the table. I don't know. I love that. No, it's great. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten in your work experience, your work journey? Yeah, like I think it's it's from my grandpa. Like he would say, just trust people, right? Like because if you don't trust people, they won't trust you. If you trust people, then there's nothing you cannot accomplish. Like oh, That's so interesting. Someone told me that a few weeks ago, that trust creates trust. Yeah, like I believe in that. I try to... We all, I think, like uh, in my startup with our team, we try to gather people around us who has different projects in mind and we try to put them into the same circle. And that's why we call ourselves the snack house, like the snack house in the sense of, for example, we do with banana peel. We work with this company. The waste of peel that comes from our own production goes to them and they provide us with textile, piece of textile or like the olive stones that we have from our olive productions, it goes to another company that does like a bioplastic, like biodegradable plastic. And we work with them. So it's just like literally, they know everything about my project, right? I don't have an NDA with them. They know my missionary. They know my laboratory. They know what I do, what I don't do. And they, we just respect each other on that sense. And they're like national people as well, like in, in different countries. So it's, I think it's all about trust in the end, like. And one question I ask on all the episodes to all the hundreds of women that I've interviewed, and I think it'd be really interesting to ask this to you, is, <laughs> did you say let's go? Yeah, let's go, let's do it. <laughs> What's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Um, so I have a Turkish background, right? Try to exist in Europe with a Turkish background. It's really hard. Educate us on what that means. A, there's a huge, huge segregation between people here. Like everywhere I go, I went to United States. I lived in the States for three years. I had the same thing there. I, I lived in Milan for seven years. I had the same thing there. Like, you know, they act like they treat you like an immigrant everywhere. Why is that? Ah, it's the history. You, you, are, you come from Ottoman blood which is not appreciated in the world mostly. Interesting. Not appreciated in Turkey as well most of the time. And I have different religious It's funny because I love Turkey. Well. Yeah, everyone yeah. does. It's just like, for example, personally, me as well, a Turkish listener hears this, I'm sorry for it, but I have huge trust issues when I do business with Turkish people because I know their mindset is a, a, a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like uh, you can actually understand the cultural background when you do business and like either you can use it for your advantage or you can cry about it like, so I think it applies to even personal relationships when it comes to business as well. Like instead of cry about it, just do something about it, you know, take advantage of it. Wait, so you, am I hearing you correctly? Is it being Turkish? It's one of the things because there's a prejudice about who you are as yourself, you know, like even when you go, I apply for visa. Like, for example, I couldn't open my company here, even though I make profit. In Lithuania. In Lithuania, because I'm Turkish and I have to wait for like three to six months of process of all the visa things and, you know, like the whole little details. It's okay, it makes sense. 
but I think we live in a borderless world now, like it's a global time. Like, totally. You know, it's, it's, it's got to change. Another bordering controversial question is, do you remember a specific situation that you believe was possibly easier for you because you were a guy and not, yeah, yeah, not a girl? To be honest again, if I'm to be honest, yeah. you know, like we take advantage of that situations. Like I think everyone around me who does okay business, you know, they take advantage of their minorities in a sense. Like yeah. I, I have a Jewish background. I take advantage of that. Uh, I have a female co-founder. I take advantage of that. My female co-founder takes advantage of being woman every single day. Like in Turkey, for example, there's this ridiculous thing that I really don't believe in it. If you are a woman, you will get more funding to your startup. Amazing. But for an idea, what does it matter from which gender that comes from? Like I, I'm okay for empowerment, but like when it crosses a certain line into an aspect, I think it kind of disturbs what's the real message there, you know, like, uh, but we used to be take advantage of it right now. I'm doing a podcast with you about women in tech because I have a female co-founder. I mean, I actually love that answer. It's, it reminds me and, and it's very interesting that in Turkey, you're saying that women get more funding than men, yeah, which I've never heard that before because normally everything I hear from Los Angeles to not in general data, like there's a certain fundings that gives more money to the to the oh. female more than male. Like we, we have, to, we get, I think 40% of what we ask as males. And the late females get 60% of what they ask. It's just so according interesting. to their gender. It's so interesting because you don't usually hear that. You usually hear the really? opposite in uh, other places around the world. I mean, for example, in Italy, according to a research I read recently, in Milan, I think the CEO level executives, women are higher than men as well. And the unemployment levels are higher in male than females. So interesting. It's just, I think it, it's interesting to open our minds and not see so narrow and look at it as a global picture on, yeah. on what's really going on. But what I really appreciate about your answer is obviously I'm a female, I've been in tech my whole life. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, don't you feel so uncomfortable that all the rooms are all men? And I'm like, what? I was like, and it never even occurred to me because I've been in tech since I was a teenager and I remember, especially when I started out, it was literally me and all guys. And I was like, this is great. I stand out. Everybody wants to talk to me. I get all the attention, you know? And, and I think it's true. I think there, there are a lot of advantages on both sides in all ways. And I think that we should really, and this is why the, even the women in tech podcast exists, because the reason why I created the women in tech podcast is, um, in 2015, I noticed that there were a lot of organizations being created or meetups and events for women in tech. And I'm like, oh, look, that's me. I've been a woman in tech. So I went and all I heard were stories of statistics and how women are held back. I'm like, man, I've never felt held back other than my own self-esteem holding me back. I'm like, if somebody told me that things weren't possible, my whole career like I built the first action sports social network. I was the first person to raise money um, for a tech company in the action sports space. If someone had told me in my whole career, like, oh, things aren't possible for you. Like, I don't know how I would have exactly. been different, you know? Yeah, yeah, and definitely. so I never had that message. I had the message like, go do it. And the only thing that held me back was my own head headspace, yeah. my own mind state. And so I'm like, I'm going to create a piece of content, this Women in Tech podcast, that is specifically for um, showing what's possible 
possible. And, you know, male listeners, female listeners, everybody, like, it's just showing what's possible because I want people to hear stories of of women uh, from interns to billionaires on how they achieved what they have today so they could walk away being like, oh, if she can do it, so can I. Because I felt like that's all. I didn't see gender. I just saw like I aspired to be a business owner. So what are business owners doing? And then I'm like, if they could do it, so can I. And so I love I love your answer about it's not about male or female. It's about recognizing the advantages that we ourselves have as, as individuals, no matter what our situation. But this answer only exists in countries that are developed, right? So Wait, say it again. I want to underline that fact because, like, if you think about it, I'm just regarding countries like Europe, like France, Italy, or like United States, Turkey. Like right, right. At some level, developed. Right, right. Because if you go, for example, Islamic states, yeah, right. Not just Islamic, to be honest. Like as I told you, in Bahrain, like the most of the CEOs and executives I met were women. But for example, like Saudi Arabia could work. But in, even like to be honest, like knowing the Muslim culture, I know the importance of women in Muslim culture at lo- at some level. Because if you look on the surface, yeah, absolutely, they kind of disregard women like as females, you know. But they respect the mother a lot. So I, I appreciate that as well, because I don't see that in Europe, for example, that appreciation of a family, like that kind of triggers my emotions as well. That's why I'm so connected to my family too. But for example, in Africa or like in really developing countries or like the outskirts in the Indonesia and things like that, like I would love to hear the stories of fem- women like female founders there and what they are struggling, you know, like, because I believe that's huge amount of women in techs, like they are being discouraged around the other parts of the world rather than in Europe and like in States personally. I think that's a really good right. point. It's very inspiring for me to like want to go there and yeah, find all these women. Like, I would literally like check out all the podcasts <laughs> that you make if you go there. Like, oh my God. Incredible. Like, And there's the next trip. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so cool. Is there anything that you want to share with everybody before we no, wrap up? Thank you so much. I appreciate the advantage like that I got. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Where can we find you and where can we find Hazel online? Um, as I said, like on our website or you can add us on our LinkedIn. My name is Al Pergin and my co-founder is Hazel Topchu. And can you spell it for us, both of them, and spell your company too? Um, A-L-P uh, space E-R-G-I-N. It's my LinkedIn name. H-A-Z-E-L space T-O-P-C-U is my co-founder's name, surname. And one thing that before we wrap up yesterday here at Baltic Sandbox, we had um, Pitching for Life, Willie. And it's funny because we worked on our pitches all day. And so I just want to make sure that everybody listening truly understands how rad his company is because when I got it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to buy that. So literally they take food from farmers that would go to waste, like that it would just not do anything for anybody. And they recycle it essentially or like repurpose it into health snacks that us as consumers can eat right yeah yeah exactly and health products like uh powder we can do soups and things like that like, it's dope yeah it's nice like otherwise and you're making the farmers more money and yeah, yeah, and you're course. helping us be healthier yeah yeah it's exactly. incredible That's, that was the goal to be honest it's incredible thank you so much Rich. thank you so much for this if you want to connect and collaborate with women in tech around the world remember to go to the women in tech facebook group at womenintechvip.com that's womenintechvip.com takes you straight there say hello on social at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye bye guys thank you 
This is Alpergin and Hazel Topchu, co-founders of The Snack House. We buy overproduced organic food from local farmers and turn them into health products. We are based in Istanbul, Turkey and Vilnius, Lithuania. And you're listening to Women in Tech. I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But... Have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. No, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. So thank you and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.